0: You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 20. And as they've done all season, the New York Rangers refuse to lose two in a row as they bounce back with a pretty impressive come-from-behind victory over the Detroit Red Wings, albeit without Dylan Larkin. But we'll get into all that. Hey, everybody, Andy here. Once again, coming at you solo as my co-host James well if anyone who listens to the podcast uh, you can put two and two together to understand what he's got going on and why he can't be here it's for a pretty exciting reason that he cannot wait to share with everyone once he is back with us and reunited once again but don't worry he sends his love and his regards and he has still been able to text me his thoughts on the Rangers play for the last two games both the lost uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, like I mentioned up top, an impressive comeback bounce back against the Detroit Red Wings, albeit without Dylan Larkin. But uh, yeah, we have injury news to talk about. We have free agent news to talk about. We have uh, trade news to talk about in the NHL. Uh, yeah, lots, plenty to cover. So you know, let's just get right into it. You know, I, I usually talk about the Rangers up top, and then I talk about the rest of the league. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it around. So let's talk about the most pressing thing, which kind of indirectly involves the Rangers. Patrick Kane has finally decided on a destination. He has signed a deal with the Detroit Red Wings. One year, I believe it's two point three five million. And he was on the ice for morning skate practicing with his Detroit teammates. Uh, Steve Eiserman said they were very pleased with what they saw from uh, Patrick Kane's medical reports and his just testing and his physical upon joining the team. They've been keeping tabs on him. They like what they saw. Patrick Kane says, that uh he was basically playing on one leg and now he feels like he has his lateral mobility back i guess that remains to be seen but again if he even if he doesn't come back to uh what he was 2 seasons ago even if he can play at somewhat of a better level than he, he was last season uh, even with the rangers i think detroit would be very happy with this signing That being said, it's been said that Kane was looking for term and he only got one year with the Detroit Red Wings. I think teams are scared, obviously. I don't think many teams were interested uh, to give him term. We've already heard that a New York Rangers reunion was his preferred choice, but Chris Drury was just unwilling to do it, whether it was the term Kane wanted or the money. Uh, Probably both, and honestly, probably just in general the numbers for a player coming off hip resurfacing surgery is not great it's we just saw Nick Backstrom who had a i believe he had the same uh, surgery that Patrick Kane did try to make his NHL comeback after a while only to have to then uh, i don't know if he's if he's officially retired but essentially had to just bow out on the season just cuz it was not it was not happening for him he just could not skate anymore so uh, but that being said, even if Patrick Kane does lose some explosiveness in his skating, he has one of the best hockey IQs in the history of the game. He's very smart. Uh, so he might become a little bit more one dimension. But if that dimension is offensive production, I think Detroit can live with that. But again, the one year kind of feels like a show me deal for all sides, Detroit would probably want to see uh, how he performs this year before, if they were to give him, extend him next year, give him another contract. Uh, and of the same accord, I think other team. this is Kane's way of showing other teams around the league, hell, hell, even a team like the Rangers. Uh, look, you know, I, <laughs> I have something left in the tank, so it'll be interesting to see I, I believe we will most likely not see Kane in the lineup for Detroit for, for the Red Wings for a little bit. But who knows, maybe closer to cr- the end of December would be pretty interesting. He's going to practice with the team. Again, he hasn't played hockey since essentially getting knocked down Game 7 with the Rangers. So he's going to get some team practices. But uh, a reunion with Alex Dobrynkin, I'm sure, was a, a big motivating factor there. He joins yet another original six team, which is pretty cool. Uh, so who knows? Maybe after this season, he becomes a Toronto Maple Leaf or a Boston Bruin. So who knows what could happen? But um, yeah, I just happy it's over. I have been pretty vocal that I was not and I personally as a fan was not interested in a Patrick Kane reunion. I'm just even if let's say he becomes what he was two seasons ago, which is obviously a phenomenal offensive player. I just don't think he's a very good fit for what Peter Laviolette is looking for. We the Rangers system essentially is one of the biggest if not the biggest reason they are in first place right now. It requires a pretty heavy forecheck by the wingers on each line and Kane with if his speed is hampered in any way, it's just he's never that type of player anyway. I just it doesn't seem like a good fit. And the worst thing is if it's Kane with basically his very lackadaisical defensive play from a couple of seasons ago. I mean, if you're getting an even slower version of that for Detroit, you might be a little cause for concern, but it's just one year. And I mean, who knows, maybe Detroit can surprise, but w- when the way you hear Steve Eisenman talk, they, they understand that this is not just because they might make the playoffs this year does not mean they are by any means done building and done laying the foundation of what, they want to accomplish but i think having patrick kane come in as a little bit of a boost with the star ca- power maybe he can get to it going on another level just as a bit of a basically a reward for those players on his team for being in the playoff mix yeah i, I don't think there's anything wrong with that but yeah patrick kane is a detroit red wing which is you know i was thought it was wild to say patrick kane was a new york ranger last year to say patrick kane is a detroit red wing is equally if not more so wild given the uh at times animosity between the red wings and the chicago blackhawks his uh alma mater so yeah patrick kane is a red wing man it's weird to say what else what else oh yeah there was also a trade today as i record this on a thursday evening uh the Calgary Flames have traded Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL entry draft and a third-round pick in 2026. Wow. Uh, obviously, this is a good move for Vancouver, who they're outside of Hughes and uh, Roenick, uh or her own, excuse me. Um, yeah, the rest of their... Defense is maybe a little lacking in the depth department. So they essentially get a big bruising third pairing, maybe fourth defenseman uh, who, yeah, who's physical. And so to that end, he's got all the intangibles that most old boys' club hockey types love. I don't understand why Calgary does this for. It seemed it basically seemed like they they got a, a pittance of a return. I know Zadorov wanted out, but you could have held him at the trade deadline and got more from a panicking team that is afraid they're they need more defensive depth or they need some more physicality, which are things are always teams are always looking for, even if they don't need it. So yeah, to to trade Zadorov to an in division rival essentially for that does not make a lot of sense to me. I don't know if they were trying as I've done some digging. It seems like a lot of flames fans are essentially trying to they're, they're trying to justify it. And a lot of them are saying that this is Calgary's way of kind of helping their image that they're willing to give players, uh, I don't know, or or they're willing to honor players' trade requests or whatever to help make it more of a free agent destination. I don't know if that's just serious copium on their part, but uh yeah, I it's just I I was kind of shocked. Our friend of the podcast, Gibby, Resident Devils fan, was basically pissed that he thought the Devils would would have been all over that if that was it. I mean any team honestly would, so it's very weird that it went down like that, but um, yeah, Nikita Zodorov just makes the already impressive-looking Vancouver Canucks a little bit more impressive. Although I think, as I say this, I believe they're playing the Golden Knights tonight, and I believe they're losing. Yep, they're losing two zip after the uh, first period. So they've they've kind of after having a hot hot start and their PDO through the the, the goddamn roof, it's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, they could use some defensive help, it looks like. So, uh, yeah, good. It's a nice, uh, as I say, nice piece of business for Patrick Alvin and the Vancouver Canucks. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Halloween is come and gone, and now the holiday season is upon us. And you know what that means. uh, Absolute chaos. Now, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now, before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Yep, right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before, uh, and I in the past I've told you How much I love my Raycon uh, everyday earbuds, use them for when I'm working out or going on running errands, going on a walk so I can uh, watch some show from my laptop while I'm over uh, doing the dishes. Uh, They are incredible and they just make the uh, mundane things a little bit more enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, absolutely a huge fan of them. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, which are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort. And just this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star-reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with a hundred-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra-filters in the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half of the price of other premium tech brands, it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, and with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off of Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, we can finally talk about the New York Rangers because this is a Rangers podcast after all. Like I said up top, come from behind victory, bounce back win over the Detroit Red Wings following a pretty frustrating loss to the Buffalo Sabres, uh, a game in which they lose Capo to injury, uh, just a freak injury, uh, just as they are, just as Adam Fox uh, is able to rejoin the team against the Detroit Red Wings, they lose Capo um to a what they're calling a lower body injury. He's going on LTIR, as is Philip Heedle, who, although he is skating, I don't know if that's a retroactive thing, but uh, yeah, just very frustrating. I mean, obviously, a lot is going right for this team in terms of them being essentially first in the NHL, but the injury bug has been pretty hard on them, uh, and yeah, now they're going to lose Capococco, for a considerable amount of time although apparently it is not a season-ender according to peter Labulette, and it could have been much worse so you have to wonder if that means it was a broken bone as opposed to a muscle tear which is could usually take much longer um but yeah you just really feel for the guy has had a bit of a struggle to start the season i mean Started on the uh, line with Kreider and Zabana Jad, they weren't able to get anything really going. Although that wasn't essentially Kako's fault, the, the other two weren't doing much of anything either. And you know, and then gets put down the third line with a rotating cast that is, uh, you know, at times includes Nick Benino and Will Cooley, who although impressive, is still trying to figure it out. And it just, yeah, it just he's not really been. Uh, afforded the same opportunity it hasn't come together the way it has for alexi lafreniere but is still put in some good defensive work his ability to help turn over pucks and keep pucks going towards the opposing goal mouth with stick lifts and hand-eye coordination and just batting pucks down out of Midair is very impressive, so a big loss for the Rangers is for a guy who, even though he wasn't technically producing, was one of the best drivers of expected goals on the team due to that unsung hero work he does. So we wish Kapokako a speedy recovery. But, like I said, as Kako goes out, Adam Fox finally returns off LTIR, and he draws back into the lineup. And, yeah, I mean, as... I would say as admirable as a job that Zach Jones and Brayden, well, Zach Jones specifically has done to, to enter the lineup as their seventh defenseman and just give them usable minutes. I mean, it was an adventure at times. It's up and down. There's there's boom in their busts, And that's, that's honestly going to be expected when you are a young NHL defenseman, just learning how to play in the national hockey league against the best competition in the world. You obviously, if you're the Rangers, you're happy to have a player of Adam Fox's caliber back. I mean, the Rangers are lucky that they did so, their record with him out of the lineup was so good because Eric Gustafson, much like he did last season for Washington when uh, Eric, Eric, uh, John Carlson went down and he stepped up and took over PP one time. And I, he had a monster offensive season last year. He's done the same thing with the Rangers. So now he's going to draw back down with Braden Schneider, help basically bolster that pair again. And Fox goes back with his old buddy, Ryan Lindgren and off to the races. You just hope that with him there, just eating minutes will help stabilize Lindgren a little bit more. And not that the pairing of him and Gustafson wasn't that bad because it wasn't, you know, or wasn't that good, I should say. But uh, yeah, it's just, this is just, the Rangers are a much more stout defense decor when Adam Fox is back in the lineup, obviously, being on top of one of the best offensive minds in the National Hockey League. Also, a sneaky, 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 underratedly good defender. Defends with his stick and his brain and his mind and his feet when necessary. And, yeah, that was back on display. Very little rust, I thought, for Adam Fox in his first game back. He... Did Adam Fox things. He made dangerous passes. He faked guys out with head fakes. He shook pressure and had all the poise in the world. And yeah, he just looked like he didn't skip a beat. Wasn't, you know, it's not like he was breaking the game wide open or anything. But he just was solid Adam Fox, what you expect from him. Um, Yeah, man, that game, that Detroit game was fun. It was a national game. So it was on TNT. He had Kenny Albert on the call with uh, Brian Boucher. And... Obviously start off with a the Panarin and Lafreniere connection continues. Alexi Lafreniere was the best player probably on the ice in that game. Rangers come out with the first goal when Lafreniere well, first of all, Keandre Miller, who also had a good game, is able to intercept a puck in transition, uses skating to push the rush with numbers. There's a very nice backhand to Lafreniere coming down the left boards, who looks Ville Huso off and slides a no look pass to Panarin across the Royal Road. Panarin, perfect spot. Huso out to dry and bar down. Artemi Panarin scores a goal. And yeah, I mean, that duo, I guess you should say trio to, be, to give Vinny Trocek his flowers. Has been the Rangers' best and most dangerous offensive line. Every time they were on the ice, they were creating. And like I said, Lafreniere had jump in his game. And we remember the beautiful highlight reel goal. He had a two-goal game last season against the Detroit Red Wings. I guess Detroit's just one of those teams he enjoys playing. But yeah, he was the most dangerous player on the ice. And the Rangers are away laughing. Until they give up two goals in the span of what, like I think it's twenty-four seconds or something, they give up a power play goal, and on either the next shift or the shift after that, they give up a. They have a little bit of breakdown in the slot, and I think as Fabry is able to just put the puck in over Igor's shoulder with traffic. He he didn't see either shot. He didn't see the deflection on the power play. Or did you see the shot through all the traffic that was going on during the fire drill the New York Rangers were having on their own end for that uh, brain fart on the second goal? But the Rangers, after being up, find themselves down basically two to one. So they spend the next, uh, I would say, period and a half just absolutely taking it to the Detroit Red Wings. And they keep uh, racking up shots, but just not getting it. Uh, great saves from uh, so, but the Rangers, as they've done all season, they don't panic. They just keep at it, and eventually they're able to break through off of Mika Zibanejad, who seems to finally be getting back in his groove, makes a nice move to kind of nutmegs Detroit attacking forward on the boards and just slides a, a beautiful pass across the Royal Road. Again, there's the common theme there, to a... Coming, basically stepping down Broadway, Keandre Miller, one-timer in the net, and the Rangers have tied the game. And other than that, there was a lot of shenanigans. (laughs) Once again, the Rangers, I don't know what it is about the Rangers this year and officiating. The amount of times the iPad has been pulled out with for or against them this season has been maddening. It's been kind of insane, really. But... They find themselves in a situation where uh, it seems like Lucas Raymond gets high stick by Will Cooley. They put Cooley in the box. Raymond's bleeding and they're going to give him a five (laughs) minute major penalty because of of the blood. But wait, uh, upon further review, you actually you go back to the tape and the refs circle up. And for once, the New York Rangers get some justice as they see that Lucas Raymond actually grabs the stick of Will Cooley and he brings it up and then hits on almost ends up hitting himself in the face with Cooley stick because he's got it he's holding on to it and grabbing it and he rides it up, brings it up to his face. So I mean, I've seen a lot of Ranger fans basically saying that Raymond was trying to embellish this. I think he was just trying to yes he grabbed the stick which should have been a grabbing stick penalty honestly, but I think he's just trying to grab it and just kind of get it out of his way as he's kind of getting wrapped up by Cooley stick. And he ends up hitting himself in the face with it. I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't think that's, he was like some, you know, I don't know. I can't say if he's like a Tim Stutz level diver or anything or or penalty artist, but uh, I think he just accidentally hit, ends up trying to get a stick out of his way. He grabs it, which he, should be a penalty, but it wasn't, but whatever. And hits himself in the face uh, and grew, I mean, uh, Uncle Fester, I mean, Derek Law, the coach of the. Detroit Red Wings is absolutely furious as they overturn the Cooley penalty. He comes out of the box and they, yeah, uh, I guess it's a wash. So the Rangers get a call in their favor for once. Well, that's the first call in their favor for once. So now it's a tie game. And the Rangers, once again, Vinny Trocek, I love, love the guy, play super aggressive, takes another penalty that probably shouldn't take, but whatever the Rangers penalty kill has been good. It's allowed them to be aggressive, on their just it's, it's allowed them to pressure puck carriers much heavier because they're like if we take a penalty by being aggressive we'll just kill it they kill the penalty Alexi Lafreniere comes out of the box um or no I'm sorry it, that that was a I'm getting behind myself uh yes Trochuk takes a penalty they kill it then Alexi Lafreniere takes another penalty going as he's kind of trying to Uh, I think it's cider trying to wrap cider up as he goes around the net. He's got good body position on him. Lafreniere needs to learn. You just let the guy go, but he wraps him up with his stick. In puck pursuit, goes in the box. Rangers kill it. Lafreniere out of the box. As he goes out of the box, takes a pass. Basically feathers a nice little behind-the-back pass to help uh, spring his teammates, and he joins the rush for essentially a three-on-two or three-on-one. And... Let's a nice shot off low and Jimmy VC is able to get on it and knock it in the air and bat in on his backhand the rebound by Husso into the net. And the Rangers are up three to two and it's all you know, it's the basically the dying minutes of the third period. Celebrations are had, obviously, because it's a, a batted out of the, the air goal and it's pretty close to the, the crossbar. The headsets come out, we go to Toronto again, and you just know, well, there's this is coming back, because this happened to the Rangers all season. But nope, what they on for the second time of the night, they come ahead on the decision. And honestly, on the replay, it was so hard to tell. And honestly, it looked like he was almost perfectly in line with the crossbar. There's angles that made it look like it was well under. There's angles that made it look like, oh, it looks a little high. But it was just not definitive. And it, at the very least, it looks like it was just essentially almost dead on with the crossbar. So they called it a goal on the ice. It has to be conclusive. Uh, evidence that it's not. It's inconclusive at, at worst. So they just say, you know what? New York Rangers, uh, the ice stands. We have a good goal. And the Rangers end up basically winning this game 3-2 to two against a Dylan Larkinless uh Detroit Red Wings. But with uh, Patrick Kane in attendance. So how, how about that? But yeah, like I said, the Rangers, they have not lost back-to-back games yet this season, have they? I don't think so. And you know, I guess I could just be a good podcaster and just look it up. But no, uh, yeah, I don't believe that's the case. Uh, for, and you know, like I said, whenever they have, they've been a good bounce-back team. They were good last year. They're good again. But as they've done all season long, they show mental fortitude and toughness. And when they're down, they just keep, trusting in their system and they find goals when they need them and they make plays when they have to make them and they find a way to win and they've done it all year and they continue to do it and the Rangers win this game and it officially puts them in first if if only for I don't know if only for one night I guess um, and yeah for right now man it's uh, it's a nice view from the top. I mean, you know you have a bunch of promising teams on your tail. You know that the New Jersey Devils are finally going to come on. I think they've won three straight since Nico Heischer coming back into the lineup. Luke who, Luke Hughes getting the OT winner tonight, um, as he was boarded earlier in the game by Garner Hathaway, who got a game misconduct and a uh, yeah ejection. So, I mean, uh, as Ranger fans know from playing Philly last week, just... Uh, how on the edge that guy plays. So, but, you know, you never want to see anyone hurt. So, thankfully, uh, happy that Luke Hughes wasn't hurt. Uh, Not so happy he scored the OT winner. But, yeah, again, you um, you know, you don't want to see a young player, promising player like that. Or you don't want to see anyone just hurt. So, Uh, yeah. Luckily, he is okay, apparently, because he scored the OT winner. So, but you have teams like the New Jersey Devils that are coming on. You have teams like the LA Kings that have been, almost, although despite also losing last night, have been fairly dominant in the West. You have teams like Nashville, who the Rangers play next on Saturday, are sneaky underrated this year. Um, you know they're they're rec- like you kind of don't, don't pay attention to them. You kind of had on them uh, despite being on the outside looking in for a little bit of the season don't look now they are in the uh last wild card spot in the west and have looked pretty good so that'll be a good test for the rangers i mean i think we all remember that when they were last time they were at the garden earlier in the season and the rangers it was the ranger's worst game of the season they just got absolutely blown up they rate. they looked lethargic they didn't skate didn't do any of the things they've done the rest of the season so uh, yeah, it would be nice to pay that team back for making you look bad earlier. So that's what I'm hoping for the New York Rangers to do in this game. But uh, who knows? I mean, the Ranger, you know, the Boston Bruins find themselves in a bit of a slump right now. Vegas, although they're winning right now, wasn't a little bit of a slump, you know, as cause no team is perfect through 82. Uh, may, albeit maybe the Bruins last year, although look what that got them. But, um, yeah, it's just, there's going to be ebbs and flows in the seasons and high points and low points. And I think the New York Rangers, if they want to remain on top, it's obviously the key is not being perfect. It's just being consistent. If you try, try to string together as many good games as you can. And if you have a, a bad game or you, uh, you have a loss, then you try to rectify on the next go around. Just, you can't be complacent and you can't be satisfied with the moral, well, we were the better team, we just didn't get the result victories. I think when the Rangers have a bad game or a poor showing like they did against the the few times they've done it this year, like against the Nashville Predators or against the Dallas Stars or and now the Buffalo Sabres, they talk about it. They watch film and they figure out what they did wrong and and what they weren't why how they were deviating from what their game plan was and what their structure was and they talk about it to the media and unlike previous seasons they say it and then they go out and they do it if they say we didn't attack enough they spend the next game attacking if they say we had too many breakdowns in their own end the next game they shore up the essentially the coverage in their own end and I that's why they've been good i don't think if you look at this team on paper i think a lot of fans around the league would be scratching their heads at why they are the top of the league especially right now with all their injuries when you're like their bottom six is littered with you know guys who are probably on paper to them for all fourth liners you know pitlick and bonino and cooley and VC and you know what I mean it's like it's almost like they their bottom six is entirely like two fourth lines for some people and older players like Blake Wheeler who might not be as fast or, or as good as they once were you know what I mean and then young players who are you know at least until the last game Capo who's looking to put it together and a young Lafreniere trying to find his confidence and you're wondering why this team is in the spot they're in but it's because they have a plan, and Lavulette gives them a game plan. He is does some positive reinforcement. He gets them to buy in. They buy in, and they just are. Yeah, they're just finding ways to win. They're finding ways to stick to the script, and they're trusting in what's what's put what's they've been charged with by the coaching staff, and it's working. And. The scary thing is, as I think I mentioned Keandre Miller said, is that I don't think we've even seen the best version of them. Like, or at least consistently. We've seen the flashes, but they're first in the league and I don't I think they have another level they can get to especially as Fox finally is healthy and they keep just uh, Peter Lovulet's system becomes more second nature and less thinking and more just reacting. So that's a fun and scary thought, but you know, don't get ahead of yourself. You have a tough test on Saturday against the Nashville Predators. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the Hockey Podcast Network.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Net. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.